0: Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now the message from Pastor Caleb.
1: Good morning. Thank you for being here. I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Everybody okay? Everybody good? I hope so. Thank you for being here this morning. Sometimes you know you've got a word from God. Well, maybe you don't know this, but as a pastor, uh, I hate to say this. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like I have a word from God. Sometimes I know I have a word from God. Today is one of those days where I know I, know I have a word from God this morning. I want to give you an opportunity just to give God praise today because in our 9 o'clock service, two people give their
0: lives to Jesus today. I'm looking out in this congregation this morning and no doubt there's people
1: watching today. I believe I'm talking to some people who have been through some stuff. You know what I'm talking about, am I? Your life hasn't always been grand and great. You've had some difficulty, some trials. Sometimes you've had to climb the mountain, it seems, barefoot. You know what I'm talking about? You've been through
0: some stuff. You've been through some things in your life that have left some scars. Tonight, or this morning, rather, I want to talk
1: to you on this, about this subject, scars. Scars. We all have them. I want you to look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Look with me as, let's read it. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. I don't know exactly what we shall be, but I know this, that when he appears, we shall be like him. Now, let's take a look at this for just a minute. Beloved, we are the sons of God. Now, that's talking to, speaking of Christians. Watch me, listen now. Speaking of Christians, those who have been saved, those who have placed their faith in him. It says we are now the sons of God, but we, it, but I, we don't know what it's going to be. We don't know how we're going to end up. That speaks of a process. See, when you get saved, after you get saved, God is trying to be God through you. He's trying to get rid of you. And there's a, this process is what I want to talk about. The ups and the downs, the ins and the outs, the highs and and the lows. Would anybody say I don't know what it's going to, how it's all going to work out? But I know that one day when I stand before Him, I will be like Him. I'm going through it. I'm in it right now. I just come out of it. Wherever you're at in the process, can I give you an assurance today that? When you stand before him, it's all going to make sense. The stars are going to tell a story that you overcame this morning. I don't know how it's all going to work together, but Romans 8:28 says all things are working together for my good.
0: Oh, hallelujah. I don't know what it's going to be like I don't know how it's all
1: going to work out but one day I'll stand before Jesus and Jesus said I'll be like him
0: I don't I don't know what color hair Jesus has I don't know what his skin tone was when he was on this earth I don't know how tall he was. I'm not sure how much he weighed.
1: I know he didn't weigh as much as me. Ain't no way a man that walked as much as
0: he did weighs as much as I do. I don't know all those things.
1: But I do know this, when I look back at John chapter 20, there's an interesting story. Listen to this. Jesus has been crucified. He's been placed inside of a tomb. And he, 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 he rises again. He is now alive. And the Bible says He spends 40 days here on earth. He makes a visit to His disciples who have lost all hope because they've seen Jesus crucified. And they don't. there's no way Jesus can bounce back from that. He's dead. It's over. They thought. And Jesus come and met them where they were at, the disciples. And he talked to them and they were amazed and they were surprised and they praised God for what he had done. Jesus left. Thomas came to the house where they were at. And the disciples told Thomas, You won't believe it. While you were gone, Jesus stopped by. Thomas said, You're right. I don't believe it. And he said, I won't believe it until I stick my finger in the scar in his hands. Until I stick
0: my hand in the scar of his side. Then I'll
1: believe it. Goes on to say that while Thomas was there with his disciples, the next day, Jesus. Stop by. And Jesus said, Thomas, here I am. He showed him his hands. He showed him his side. It goes on to say that Thomas said, "I, Lord, I believe. And he said, yeah, I know you believe, but blessed are those who have not seen what you've seen, yet believe. I take away from this so many things, but one thing I take away from this morning is this. Jesus, even though I don't know what tone his skin was or what color his hair was or how, how much he weighed, I know he has some scars. The other day, Abrielle was a giving, giving me an examination like a dermatologist. And she said, now tell me again what that scar's from. I told her, well, that was the one I received in a wreck when I was a teenager. She asked me about that another scar. I said, that's where I was burned when I was a kid. She asked me about this scar on my knee, and I told her that was when I was young, and we were getting ready for homecoming at church on a Sunday, and I climbed up the vanity to get some toothpaste to brush my teeth. Because it was homecoming. Some of y'all don't know about homecoming. But I ain't just been like, the, like this, you see. I was loving food when I was a kid, you see. And homecoming's when everybody brought food to the church and you ate. I had nobody have to tell me to brush my teeth on that day. But buddy, my pudgy little butt jumped up on that vanity, got my, got my toothpaste and my toothbrush, and as I was coming down, I fell and cut
0: my knee. I started thinking about this. Scars tell a story. Scars tell a story. See, scars indicate hear me now, that you've been through some suffering. But it also indicates that even though you've been through
1: some suffering, you've experienced some healing. I want to tell you this morning, now some don't believe this, and that's okay, they're wrong. I'm right. God is a good God. He's a great God. He's a blessing God, but at times He'll allow suffering to take place in your life. This morning when I leave here, I want you to understand, to have a sense of why you've been through what you've been through. This morning, I want to give you five reasons why I think God allows us to suffer. Are you ready? Five reasons why I believe God allows us to go through suffering. The first reason I believe God allows us to go through suffering is so that we can grow closer to Him. I don't know who said this, but I wrote it down. You'll never know God is all you need until God is all you got. Uh, Let me say it over here to these people because y'all act like y'all half asleep. You'll never know God is all you need until God is all you got. Amen? I, I believe one reason God allows us to suffer is so that we can get down low and have nowhere to look but up. I believe God allows, us, allows suffering to take place in our lives so everybody can walk out on us at times. we think, See, some of us think that I can't live without this person, but God knows it's the opposite. You, you'll never live until you get rid of that person that you've been holding on to. See, there's some things and some people in your life that's got to turn their back on you and got to walk out on you and got to tell you I don't love you anymore and, I don't like you anymore so that you can understand that that through all that you've been going through, God has stood firm in your life, and he is a friend that will stick closer than any brother, any sister,
0: any friend. I remember Esau.
1: Jacob's story found in Genesis. Jacob steals the birthright of Esau, and... Simply that means he was going to get more of an inheritance than Esau. Esau, his brother, got mad. Jacob, flees, Running from his brother because Esau said, if I can get my hands on him, I'm going to kill him. Every time they sing this song, not for a minute, never was I forsaken. I think about this story of Esau and Jacob. The Bible says Jacob was fleeing from his brother, had to stop halfway to take a a rest and stop for the night. And the Bible says that he took a rock and made a pillow out of it. He was in a hard place, you see. And he laid his head down on that rock pillow, scared for his life, fearful of the future. And when he went to sleep, the Bible says God came to him in a dream, and spoke to him. When he woke up, this is what he said, surely the Lord is in this place. I don't know if you may be in a hard place in your life, You may be stopped in a place at night in a rough place and you're wondering where God is at. Can I remind you the Bible says he is near to the brokenhearted. He is close to those who are crushed in spirit. If you find yourself in a hard place, look to the left. Look to the right. Hear Jesus whisper because he does not have to holler because he is close to you. You hear what I'm saying, right?
0: I believe God allows us to go through suffering at times so that we can get closer to Him. The next reason I believe God allows us to go go through suffering is
1: so that we can have an assurance, to give us an assurance that we're saved. See, Jesus said it in the Gospels. He said this, if they persecuted me, They'll persecute you. Here it is. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Let me tell you something. If you have to go through persecution from time to time, let that serve as an assurance
0: that you are saved. I preached one time about the chameleon spirit. Let me, let me
1: share what I mean by that. We got outside, we've got a, you don't know this, but we have
0: got a reptile uh, exhibit out there. We've got lizards this big. They call them skinks or something like that. Uh... I'm telling you, they're big. One, one—I'm not
1: lying. One chased me into this sanctuary one time, and I found the broom. Me and him fought right here,
0: and I won because I shot him like a hockey puck. But anyway, and you, know, you may be saying, "I don't, I don't, I don't believe that," and and but I'm telling you,
1: they don't come out on Sundays. But during the week, they're out there. And what I've no seen about these these they these big lizards, they change color depending on where they're at. And I thought, boy, that's like a lot of Christians, huh? I get around this group of people I, I act like this, and I get around this group of people I act like that, and. I want everybody to like me. And you know what? If everybody likes you, you must be doing something wrong. Because the Bible says, Woe to the man that everybody speaks good of. If there's some things, if everybody likes you, it's because you're a chameleon, friend. Whatever, wherever environment you're at, wherever environment you're in, that's what you adapt to. You become like. But there, I believe God wants us as children of God to say, I don't care where I'm at. I'm standing for God's principles. And there might be some places that I'm not invited to. There might be some cliques that I'll never be a part of. There might be a group at work that never wants to hang out with me, but that's okay. If they persecuted Jesus then they'll persecute me. I don't take it as an insult. I take it as a blessing because if they persecuted
0: him, they'll persecute me. I take suffering as an assurance.
1: Not only do I believe that God allows suffering in our lives to draw us closer to him and to give us assurance, I believe God allows suffering in our lives, listen now, to keep us eternal-minded.
0: What do I mean by that? I want, to, I want to take you to a scripture. Look at it with me. 2 Corinthians chapter
1: 4, verse 17. Are you going are you, you to read it with me? For our light
0: affliction, which is but for a moment. Y'all don't shout now. That was a good place to shout. You missed it.
1: Right over your head. Trouble don't last always. That kind of goes with what I was talking about last week, right? That, that, that sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, our suffering, which is but for a moment, watch this now, worketh for us. That's a process. Working, the, the, the suffering that I'm going through is working something out for me that is far more exceeding and better, ways, better than anything I can face on this earth. Worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Let me tell you something. Uh, if, if you all you all can think about is statues, Going up, coming down, mask on or off, numbers high. Numbers low, people in the hospital, not in the hospital, people dying, not dying. If all you can think about is this protest or that protest or what they believe, a Republican or Democrat or this president or that president or this senator or that senator, friend, you are temporarily, you are temporary-minded. God wants you to be thinking about that which is eternal. Sometimes...
0: To get your mind off this crap, and I said crap. God, I don't, I could have said other things. He said, to get their minds off this junk, off this
1: stuff, I'll allow some suffering to come into their lives so they'll realize this is not my only hope. This lasts for a moment. I'm going to live forever in a place where he wipes every tear from my eye where there is no sickness, there is no COVID, there is no racism, there is no bigotry, there is no statues. He is the light. He is
0: the Son of God. I believe God. Allow struggling in our lives, suffering in our lives to keep our mind on him. To keep us not focusing on that which is temporary. For that which we see is temporary, but that which we cannot see is eternal. Number four, I believe that The Lord allows suffering in our lives to help us win more people to Jesus.
1: I'm coming on down here. Follow me now. That win more people to Jesus. Oh, I love this story.
0: Let me Paul is on a boat headed to Rome. And while he's on this boat, the wind and the
1: waves are crashing. Run up on something, and the boat sinks, and all these people on the boat are hanging onto a piece of wood, and they float into this place called Malta. When they get there to this place, there's a fire going. Paul, soaking wet, gets up by the fire to dry his clothes up, out and warm up, and the Bible says a snake bites him. On the arm. Bible said there was some people on this isle, on this island, on this place called Malta. He called them barbarians. They were, they were not Christians. They were lost people. They served all kind of gods. They didn't know Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, was the God. They served these man-made gods. And when they saw Paul get bit by the snake, you know what they said? That joker's cursed. He deserved that. Our gods knew what was going on. Paul was going to come up here and mess us up. But look what happened. He got bit by a snake. He's going to die. I don't know who that guy is, but I'm glad he's dying. About 30 minutes later, Paul's over there eating a can of beanie weenies around the fire, smoking him some weenies, eating a marshmallow. And they're scratching their heads, thinking, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. He should be dead by now. Look at his hand. He's not, it's not even swollen. They started talking and thinking. They said, well, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, he, he's not cursed by our gods. Maybe he is a god. Paul said, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not a god. I'm not your god, but I know a God. I know Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. See, what I'm saying is this. Sometimes God will allow you to get bit by the snake of suffering. And instead of that thing killing you, mm, hallelujah, people thought, ain't no way they're going to make it. Hey, did you hear what happened to them? There, there's no way they're going to come through this. <sighs> But sometimes God allows you to go through suffering so that people can see the God that keeps you and the God that'll bring you out. You might be in the middle of suffering. You may be bit by the snake, but it won't kill you. And I'm telling you, people's gonna look at your life and say, I know what happened to her. I know what happened to him. I cannot believe they're still standing. And they're gonna ask you, how did you make it? And you better tell them, I could not make it on my own. It was God. Somebody ought to stand on their feet and say, I'm here and it was God. I'm still standing and it was God. I shouldn't be here but God. But God made a way. I should have overdosed but God. I should have lost my mind but God. It should have took me out but. God. Sometimes God will allow suffering in your life. He'll allow you to get bit by the
0: snake of suffering so that you can win more people to Jesus. I've been through it. See, uh, let me go on. Point number five. Sometimes. Woo, hallelujah. I'm about to lose it up here,
1: y'all. I'm just thinking about my life right now. I'm just thinking about what God's brought me from. I'm looking out here and looking at testimonies of God's miracle working power. And I can't help but say, God, I thank you. God, I praise God allows suffering for us to draw closer to Him, to give us assurance, to keep us eternally minded, to help us reach more people for Jesus. Number five, sometimes God allows us to go through suffering, to tick Satan off, just to make him mad, to make him discombobulated, to get him all upset. To make him mad. Oh. Get him all upset. I'm reminded of a story of Job. Uh Uh-huh. One of the oldest writings in the Bible. The story of Job. Job was a rich man. Job had all you could have. He had wealth. He had land. He had family. He had health. Satan took it all from him. He lost all his money. He lost his children. He lost his wealth. He lost his animals. He lost his house. Everything that he had was gone, just like that. See, Satan had a plan. Satan said, I'll take everything from him, and then he won't serve you, God. But see, Job wasn't serving God for stuff. I said, Job wasn't serving God for stuff. He knew God. He, had his, he trusted God. He believed in God. Satan took everything he had. Even his wife looked at Job and said, Job,
0: curse God. You've done all you can do. Just curse God and commit suicide. You think your wife's bad. But you know what Job said? Satan had a plan. But you know what Job said? ha, ha. Job said, The Lord gives. Satan was thinking, I got him. Ha! I knew he wouldn't serve you, God, if I took his stuff. We're just serving you because everything was good. Satan said, I got him. Look at him. He's down there, head all in his face, eat up with leprosy, lost all, ain't got a, nobody, now his wife's walked out on him,
1: look at him, his hands, in his face, look at him, Job's down there, all messed up, Satan thinks, I got him, look at him, bowed over, what he didn't know was, Job wasn't giving up, Job was holding on. He wasn't laying down. He was bowing down in prayer. Job said, looked up to heaven and said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Sometimes the Lord will let you go through suffering just so that he can get the victory and make the devil mad. Hey, listen, listen, I love this. The Bible says he always causes us to triumph up in his name. See, I'm always going to win. Now, you may be looking at parts of my life and somebody may be looking at your life and think, You may think right now, I ain't winning.
0: Ain't no way. There's nine innings of baseball. There's four quarters uh, in football. There's, what is it in basketball? Four what? Quarters in basketball. There's more than one chapter in your life. It may, be lo- it may look like you're down and out. It may, be lo- it may look like you're losing the battle. But you're going to win the war. Uh, you got a little more time. I'm reminded of a a story in 2 Chronicles.
1: There's a guy by the name of Jehoshaphat. He's the king of Israel. All the
0: enemies of Israel have gathered around the city to, to wipe out Israel. messenger comes to Jehoshaphat, the king, and says, Hey, they're surrounded. They have surrounded us. We're about to die. You know what Jehoshaphat does? He calls the people to fast. And he says, I want y'all to pray. And
1: they start praying. They start fasting. And the enemy still surrounded the city. A guy gets up. Prophet gets up in the middle of this prayer meeting. And he says, I want you to remember how God has brought us out before. Oh, hallelujah. And if God brought us out then, he'll bring us out now. And they pray and they shout and they give God glory and they give God honor. A couple days go by, Jehoshaphat says, we're going we're to get them. He gets the armies all together and lined up and they're about to go out and fight and
0: Jehoshaphat says, stop! Wait a minute! Where's the musicians? I want the front line to be made
1: up of musicians. Oh, boy, I bet them musicians was real happy about that, don't you know? <laughs> I just thought about that. They're, they're tuning up their guitar, praying for the people that's fixing to go out to battle, and they, hey, uh, King Jehoshaphat wants you out on the front line. Oh, no, you got messed up. I'm a musician. I'm going to hang back. I'm going to sing at the funeral. I, ain't, <laughs> I ain't, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> he said, No. He wants the musicians out in front. He wants the praisers out in front. The Bible says they go out and they start playing, start
0: blowing the trumpet, start singing. And the Bible says God sets up traps for the enemy supernatural thing takes place and people the
1: enemy starts getting kicked in the back knocked out stabbed in the chest and they're saying wonder what's going on what just happened to him they start losing their minds they're seeing people getting t- taken out left and right the Israelites ain't done nothing but play a song they hadn't shot an arrow they haven't slung a sword. It's just singing. Just praising. And they're getting took out. The enemy's getting took out left and right. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says they got so confused, the enemy did. Got so confused that they turned on themselves and started attacking each other. But what am I saying? I'm saying. If you, I, I love this part. Let me say this. And then it said in, this, in, in, in part of it, it said, this is what I want you to do.
0: Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. See, you're going through struggling. You're going through suffering. Hear me now. Sometimes God allows
1: suffering to take place in your life. Sometimes he allows you to feel like you're surrounded by the enemy just so that God can bring you out. You see, I never knew that he was a healer until I got sick of my body. See, so I never knew God could heal like a real miracle. I'd read it until I seen God breathe life into my dead daughter's body. You hear me? I never knew God to be Jehovah Jireh until I found myself broke and didn't have a dime and God provided for me. I never knew God to be Jehovah Shalom, my peace, until there was a day when I couldn't even think straight and my life was full of turmoil and anxiety and I didn't know which way to turn. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And God stepped in. Sometimes God will allow suffering in your life just to bring, when the devil thinks he's got you down. <laughs> it was all part of God's plan. When Satan thought he had you down, God was just setting up a grand plan to bring you out. I remember when Jesus come up on the blind man. He said, his disciples seen the blind man, and the disciples said, Jesus, who sinned? why is this man blind? Was it something he done? Was it something his mama done? Was it something his daddy done? And Jesus said, oh no. The only reason this man is blind is so that I could come by today and heal him. (laughs) Do you get what I'm saying this morning? God allows suffering sometimes just to tick the
0: devil off. He allows scars in your life. You know what? Scars prove that you've been through something. Indicate suffering, but speak of healing. See, I think part of being like Jesus, Bible says
1: when we get to heaven, the book of Revelation says this, that we will sing. See, if you don't like, if you don't like church, you ain't
0: going to like heaven. You know that, right? If you think we sing too long, you ain't going to like heaven. If you think I'm too loud, you ain't going to like heaven. Because heaven is full of worship and praise. In fact, part of
1: Revelation says we'll be singing this song. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. See, the scars are going to remind us and push us to praise him. And I want you to turn that around. and say, I believe part of the process is to be like Jesus. Is the fact that Jesus has scars and if Jesus has scars I'm gonna have some scars but my scars are a reminder of how good he is when I look at my scars I'm reminded of the struggle I'm reminded of the suffering but I'm also reminded of the God that that this same God that allowed this to happen is the same God that brought me out do you hear me this morning musicians and singers come
0: come on Same God. Scars tell a story. You remember what I told you, right, about my daughter, Abriel. She's nine years old. Checking me out like a dermatologist.
1: Asking me about all these different scars, and I would tell her the story
0: behind it. Hear me stand with me all across the building. I told her about this scar and the story behind it.
1: But can I tell you, Jesus has some scars.
0: Just for a few moments, I'd like to tell you the story behind his scars. When you stand before Jesus, you're going to see scars in his wrist
1: not his hand, right here. That was scars from a metal spike that went through his wrist into a piece of wood. You'll see scars in his feet. You want me to tell you the story about that one? That was where he was nailed into. And- piece of wood spike going through his feet into his wood driven by a Roman soldier can I tell you about the story about the scar when you stand before Jesus in his side that's where they took a spear and they pierced it into the side of Jesus just to make sure he was dead. Out of his side flowed blood and water. That day it fell on dirt. I tell you today it's still falling on dirt Jesus made me, he grabbed up some dirt <laughs> blew life into it, created Adam. Today, that blood is still flowing, touching nobodies. I feel God in this place right now touching old dirt pots like me you. Can I tell you a little more about this story? What this blood does and why he's got these stars? Why would he he be hung up on a cross? Why would they drive a spirit inside? Part of God's plan. Say God let his son suffer knowing what it was going to bring about God gave up his son in our place he gave his son to suffer take on death hear me take on upon his body Jesus took all the sins past present future upon his body that day on the cross it was so dark, it was so dirty, it was so scandalous. The Bible says that the sun hid, darkness covered the face of him. Why? Because our sin is that bad. The Bible says that there is no forgiveness of sin without Jesus. Scars in his hand, scars in his side, scars in his feet without the blood of Jesus. Here's the story, friend Jesus died in your place. Took death so that you could have life. Strapped to a whipping post. Y'all don't want to hear this. Strapped to a whipping post before he ever went to beaten with a cat of nine tails with every lashing. The whip would pull the flesh from the body of the only begotten. This perfect man, you're talking about a story, who never done anything wrong perfect in every way. See, we're sitting here thinking, why would I go? Why do I have to go through suffering? Well, Jesus did. Why do I have to go through persecution? Jesus did, and it was part of the process. I want to help you make sense of your suffering. I want to help you make sense of the scars in your life, God is using them to make you like Jesus. Yeah. It's a process. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it feels good, but it's all for your good. Anybody here today you know we don't do close your eyes and bow your head. I told you that, right? That's, that's weak. We don't do that. I want to ask you, right where you're at, would you say today, I want to know who the Lord's talking to. You would say, Pastor, that word was for me today. If that's you, just lift your hand. This word was for me today. hear me this is what the Lord is saying don't let the suffering set you back oh I've been praying oh I mean I pray every week I'm not bragging about this I just want you to hear me the Lord's really been causing me to just, just really cry out to him these are the three things I've been praying I've been praying for backsliders. People who have got their focus through the struggle. Through suffering, they've got their eyes off of Jesus. And I've been praying that the backsliders will come home. And I've been seeing some of those prayers answered this morning. Also been praying for the lost to be found, and I've seen God answer some of those prayers. Third prayer is this: that the church be revived. You know, what we're going through as a world, also as a church, not remnant church, just remnant church, the church, the church, universal church, is going through through a refining process. Struggling always refines. Bring stuff out of you that you didn't think were, was in you, good and bad. I want to ask you today, I asked you if this was for you, and I'm going to take it another step I'm going to ask you this morning to raise your hand if you would say pastor that word was for me but also I've allowed suffering set me back but I'm not I'm not going backwards anymore today I'm moving forward. That's you, I want you to raise your hand. Keep it up. No, no, get it up. Yeah. I'm going forward, right? Yeah, you put it down. I, I sense the presence of the Lord here today. This is the last thing I want to ask you. I told you the story about the scars. The way that ends up is this all that Jesus went through, all all that the scars represent, He done this so that you could have life, and life more abundant, that you would have life worth living. Hope worth having. Purpose in your life. Sins forever forgotten. And all you have to do is believe that the scars were for you. You're not saved this morning. I, I'm a member of a church I ain't talking about that whoa, 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 uh, I got baptized I don't remember when it was I had a certificate. Forget your certificates. God won't ask you for your certificate or your license or what member you are of or what member you are of at a church or any of that. He's looking for one thing. The blood of Jesus applied to your life that's all how do I get the blood of Jesus applied to my life how can I stand before God and God say well done my good and faithful servant how do I, how do I get that how do I hear that how do I get peace how do I have joy how do I have purpose how, how can I have my sins forgiven the Bible it makes it really simple place your faith in Jesus Believe that He done all that I said and He done it for you. And if you'll believe that, every sin that you've ever committed or ever will commit will be forgiven. And you'll have peace knowing that when you take your last breath here, you'll take your next breath. why would he do this this is the only thing i can make sense of it why would he give me such a gift all i know is this god demonstrated his love in this manner while i was yet a sinner christ died for me i'll never get it i'll never never understand it it's a love that i'll never be able to comprehend And it's here today. If you would say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm saved. And I want to be saved. I feel the Spirit drawing me and tugging on my heart. See, good preaching don't save you. If If that would work, I'd go to speech class. Good preaching don't save you. Good singing don't save you. The Father has to draw you, deal with you. You feel it right now. That's the creator of all heaven and earth thinking you're so important that He wants to meet you here today. Wow. All right. You say, that's me, Pastor. I want to to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Lift your hand up high. Ain't nobody going to think bad about you. I see it, I see it, I see it. Who else? Come on, I see it. Anybody else? I see it. Who would say this morning, I'm backslidden? I need the love of God. I don't wanna come back home. Who would say that this morning? If that's you, raise your hand. All over this building. All right. I want you to come right here. Listen, hold on just a second. If you raise your hand to get saved. Now I told you you're gonna to have to swallow pride this morning. Can't worry about what people think about you. You didn't raised your hand, I'll come get you don't make me come get you. It's what my mama used to tell me. Don't make me come get you. So you raised your hand. Online. Did you raise your hand? If you did, I want you to give us a thumbs up. There's somebody there that's ready to pray for you. This morning, if you raised your hand, You said, "I want to know that I'm saved." I want you to come to this altar right now. Come on, family. You may have seen somebody raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. love today. Who else? This is what I want you to do. I'm going to have another altar call in just a minute, so you just hang on. This is what I want you to do. If you don't know where you'd spend eternity, you still haven't come down here. My favorite story in the Bible, you know it. This man was paralyzed. Couldn't get to Jesus, but Jesus was right down the road but he had four friends who got him dressed, loaded him up on a stretcher, took him to the house. When they got to the house, the house was full. Couldn't get in. Said, "We'll go on the roof. Cut a hole in the roof, Megan. They cut a hole in the roof. They dropped the paralyzed man down into where Jesus was. Jesus that day healed his body, saved his soul. Some of you might need some help to get to Jesus this morning. I'm asking somebody to be a friend today. I want you to look to the person to the left or to the right of you. I don't care if it's your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister, and I want you to ask them. If you need to go to the altar, I'll go down with you right now. Ask them. Ask them. Come on. And then step out. If they give you a weird look, and they don't say yes or no, grab them, bring them down here. Anybody, come on. You need to go, you need to come to this altar. This morning, you said I'm backslidden. I'm saved, but I've walked away from God. my focus isn't on Jesus I've let suffering set me back and I'm sick of it I'm not going back anymore if that's you I want you to come on and a lot of people raise their hands come on come on come up closer guys come closer to the altar come on in come on come on yeah yeah hallelujah Hallelujah. 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 This is what we're going to do. For those of you who come up here to give, give your life to Christ, it was you too. We're all going to pray this prayer together. you believe this prayer God will save your soul forever. Everything you've ever done will be forgiven. Your sins, all of your past, all of the hurt will be erased. Gone. God says I'll make you perfect, complete, lacking absolutely nothing. You're not what people say about you. You're not the sum of all your decisions. You are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Hallelujah. Y'all ready to pray? Now we're talking to Jesus. Let's do it. Lord. Come on, shout it out, Lord. Here I am. I've heard. The word, I need you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. I can't believe it that you would take me as your child. But I know it's the truth. You've done it for me. I receive Your grace. I receive Your mercy. I ask You to forgive me of all of my sins. Everything that haunts me, all of my past, I give to You. I receive Your grace. I receive Your love. I receive Your mercy. Today, because of your love, I stand here changed, set free, alive, saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna ask you to do something for me right now. Brother Mark, if you'll come step over here in this corner. Sister Gail, if you'll go over here in this corner, right here. The three people who got saved today for the first time. I just want you to go over there and they're gonna get you to feel something out. I wanna give you something today. Okay, will you step right over here? Right down here. Come on, can you give them a hand? Come on. Now I want y'all to look at me. Satan likes to condemn and guilt us and remind us of the place where we tripped. And he'll say things like this, if you were really saved, you would have never done what you've done. If you were really saved, you would have never gotten the mess that you're in now. Can I remind you, if Satan is saying that to you, it's the very opposite. Whatever Satan lies tells you is a lie, and you can believe the very opposite. If Satan is telling you, you're not worthy, you, you can't serve God. If you could serve God, you wouldn't be in this situation. Lying. He's trying to get you to keep your eyes off of Jesus. He's trying to keep you wallowing in your failure, wallowing in what should have been and what could have been, wallowing in your sin. Jesus is saying, just come back to me. I never left you. I never left you. I never walked out. You tried to walk out on me. You tried to turn your back on me. When you turned your back on me, you didn't know it, but I was standing right in front of you. You turned around, there I was. You turned this way, and there I was. You tried to go over here, there I was. You tried to go over here, and there I was. Do not let the struggle, suffering set you